Do you remember me saying not too many months ago that I kind of hope this sucks? So that it's a little bit easier <laughs> to, to let say go. goodbye to the DC. I was just sitting here thinking wish that. Wish granted. Yep. Wish granted. Thank you all very fucking much. Hey, fatheads, get boo. Y'all about to listen to the two fat dudes. Come on. D-list internet celebs, the top of the crop. Always slinging you the news with them nerd cred chops. Now listen up and listen well. The two fat dudes is coming, anyone can tell. Dukes digression, princes of pods, they'll rock your socks, they just can't stop. The two fat dudes are coming your way. The two fat dudes are coming your way. The two fat dudes are coming your way. You hit the button. No, no, no. Oh, okay. No, no, no. So you definitely. So you definitely did hit the. <laughs> DFD Nerdcast episode 572. We are already off and running, folks. Yes, sir. We're not fucking playing around today. We're here to do some stuff and uh, see what uh, we can fling against the wall and make uh, stick to the ribs of your ears. That's That was a weird way to say that. <laughs> it was a really weird way to say that. Stick to the ribs of your ears. I felt like I had a good direction that I was going in, and then I totally just went off in off the, the other rails. direction. Yep. I, you know, sometimes it happens. But that is the TFD Nerdcast. That is part of our nature, part of our makeup, part of our DNA, as you say it. And that's all part of what makes us us. And who the fuck are we? Oh, well, it's your boy, Zach. And I'm Chad. You know who it is. The two fat dudes, lords and masters of the TFD Nerdcast. Here to do it as only we can do it and bring you those nerdy nummies that we do so well around here. I'm ready for episode 572. You ready to do this shit? I think we should get to the stuff. All right. Talk about the things. Yeah, that thing. Well, that first thing would be the sponsor. It's probably a good idea. Greatest sponsor that you could think of. You know, it's really great how loyal they've been to us since day one. They never have stopped supporting us. And we are talking about tfdnerdcast.threadless.com, folks. That's right. We have supported ourselves since day one. (laughs) You know, really, that's a lie because we haven't had tfdnerdcast.threadless.com since day one. Yeah, you're right. (laughs) But we've had it for a while. It's been a hot minute. And it it is, is steadfast in its support of the TFD Nerdcast. And how does it do that, you ask? Well, by providing wonderful TFD Nerdcast wares like coffee mugs or t-shirts or shower curtains or duvets tiny french blankets that's right zach's personal favorite the tiny french blanket that you can get at the end of your bed you can get all these things and more in a variety of tfd nerdcast emblems do the damn thing okay tfdnerdcast.threadless.com go there buy our wares Here's the fucking updates. All right, man. Let's do the updates. All right. Yeah. I, Let's I, do it. I want to. I guess I I guess we're going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, folks, no sooner does Steven Yoon exit Thunderbolts than we start getting rumors of his replacement. Internet scoopster Daniel Rickman is saying that Marvel is currently considering actor Austin Abrams to take on the role of the Sentry. 
So if you're not familiar with Abrams, which I wasn't, he's had roles on The Walking Dead, on HBO's Euphoria. I, I recognized him from that. He was uh, he was on the show The Americans back in the day. Oh, I know you really liked that one. That was a good show. Yeah, it's funny because I actually see, I've seen this guy in a bunch of things because he was on The Walking Dead. He's on Euphoria. He was on The Americans. He starred in the movies Paper Towns, which was like an indie flick that I, I've seen. I think Cara Delvine was in it with him. Uh, and he was in Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, which I also saw and thought was a really fun movie. Who was he in Walking Dead, bro? Oh, fuck if I know. Oh, man. I might have to look that up quick. I, I'm not sure which Walking Dead he was on you know, of the 78 different ones. Maybe he was on the Baking Dead. <laughs> I'm going to look that up real quick. Yeah. yeah, go ahead. Yeah. But, um, he, so f- since I have experience seeing him in films, I can tell you that the dude is a solid actor. Um, what's interesting is that he is a spindly little dude. Like, he is not jacked at all. But if, if there's one thing that, uh, what the fuck's that dude who played Adam Warlock? Can't think of his name right now. But if there's one, oh, Poulter, Will Poulter. Yeah, Will Poulter, there you uh, go. If there's one thing Will Poulter has taught us is don't look at someone and be like, he's too small and scrawny to play a beefy dude, because Will Poulter proved that you could absolutely do it. I mean, this is Hollywood after all. You got uh, you got nine months to train and a good trainer. You can get jacked in a minute. Yeah, and if you have a whole bag of gear, quote unquote, as, as they say, brother, <laughs> that's sterile. <laughs> it there, sure is. Because there ain't no drug testing in movies. I mean, you said it. You know, the, <laughs> the happy little helper. You know, <laughs> what, what, whatever, helper. man. I mean, if it, if it helps you get that extra bulk, you the know. happy little helper who shrivels your happy little helpers. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. That makes them less helpful. And they are way less helpful <laughs> when they're shrivelly little raisins. <laughs> then you're just firing powder. <laughs> Oh, I'm gonna come. <laughs> oh man. Uh, that's already next week's sounder. I can tell you that. <laughs> I can tell you that fucking much. But right. yeah, uh, so yeah, I th- I think he's a solid actor. If he winds up being the choice, he better he better bulk the fuck up to be to be the century. But his 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 acting ability is there. He would have to bulk up, but I'll tell you this, just uh, like I'm not as familiar with his work as you seem to be. But just catching his headshot on IMDb that I was just looking up, uh, you you give him some blonde extensions and uh, yeah, he's the century. Uh, oh yeah, he's oh yeah, because like, it's a, he's got like long hair yeah, in there and he's dude, got kind of dirty the, blonde. And I mean the face, the face looks kind of dead on. He's he's cut mm-hmm. like in the jaw, the the same in similar ways that the century is. Sure. It visually, if you put on the muscles, it could totally work. Yeah, just beef him up. Yeah, he doesn't have to be ridiculously beefed up. You know, you don't have to go that far. Well, no, because the Sentry's power has always been, you know, more represented explosively than than like feats of strength. Right. Well, as you long know. as long as he's big enough to believably be like super strong. Yeah. That's like honestly, like Will Poulter didn't get like enormous. He like Will Poulter didn't get Henry Cavill jacked, but he but he got way bigger yeah like if you could get will polter size i think that'd be cool. i mean all you really have to do is maximize your potential when you're playing a, a superhero yeah like anybody sure. anybody can get that kind of cut if you if you do the work it's just you gotta you gotta put it in especially when your job is just to get that pretty much yeah pretty much but yeah so we'll see we'll see how this goes this is obviously this isn't confirmed 
here's something that appears to be <laughs> Yahya Abdul Mateen is playing Wonder Man, and how the fuck did this get missed? That is almost word for word what I wrote on our notes because I saw that and I was like, wait. We we love Yaya Abdul Mateen on this show. And I know we've talked about the Wonder Man rumors. We have definitely because you knew I I had a massive heart on when that got announced. And but I don't remember us ever conf- like confirming or talking about him being Wonder Man, but they're in production. It must be one of those that they just snuck past us because I mean Maybe because of the writer's strike? Yaya Abdul Mateen as Simon Williams, though. I mean, that sounds fun. That that doesn't sound bad. I, I am a Wonder Man guy, and I I uh, I stand by this. I like it. I'm excited about it. I've and the, re- the reason this popped up is because um, there was a story that was just saying, hey, first look at the Wonder Man logo. And it was just red letters that said Wonder Man. But then there was a, a stand-up cardboard cutout that was just a silhouette with just like like a almost like electricity, like red electricity making the W on the chest. And then they mentioned Yahya Abdul-Mateen, and I was like, wait, what the fuck? When did that happen? It's a good question. I don't don't know how we missed that one. Those are the kind of things we usually are on top of. Yeah, especially for someone that we like getting into the MCU. Yeah, I mean, and it's going to be really interesting, I think, to see him say or play the other uh, side of the coin when it comes to the superhero game. Yeah, true. You know, because we've already seen him as... um, but, Black oh, Manta. Black Manta. There Thank you go. You. Yeah. <laughs> Having a total brain fart. It's all uh, good. But yes, uh, since we've already getting, gotten to see him play the villain, I think this could be uh, really interesting getting to see him play Wonder Man, yeah. who really, as far as his origin, kind of starts out a little bit on the villainous tilt, but then things get changed. Yeah, I think it's going to be really interesting. You're right, because, I mean, the last thing we just saw him in was Aquaman in the Mirrorless movie. Yeah. That's its new title. <laughs> That's pretty good. That I don't I don't blame how he felt about that movie on him. No, not the, at all. The parts the parts of it that weren't good for him for me have a lot more to do with poor writing as far as the character was concerned. Yeah, it was it was choices that he didn't get to make. Yeah. He just he came and he played the character. And he is a good black man, which no one would ever argue with, Hell no. I think. News? Where's Ricky? Ricky? Ricky, are you available to sing the song? Oh, wait, that's right. I gave him a 40-minute vacation. It's the first he's gotten in, like, six years. A 40-minute vacation? Yeah. Yeah, I let him go. I don't know. He might be in the kitchen. Oh, So I'll just... I I, I had him pre-recorded. Hold on. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. I'm glad you thought ahead, at least. And now... Get ready for your weekly dose of the nerd news with the two bad dudes. Not his best performance, but, you know, it'll do while he's on his 40-minute vacation. That's true. Good of of you to give that to him. I hope he's enjoying the one piece of peanut butter fudge that I got him for for a celebration. Peanut butter fudge. I'm sure he's into that. (laughs) All right. Marvel has gotten their first taste of the Razzie Awards, according to comicbook.com. 
Ant-Man and the Wasp has four nominations this year. Oh, yeah. Quantum Mania. I forgot to write that. Thank you. Yeah, that's Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania, not the, not the previous Ant-Man and the Wasp. Good note. Uh, the four nominations are Worst Supporting Actor for Michael Douglas and Bill Murray. I, I agree with the Bill Murray and the Michael Douglas. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to lie. Worst Prequel. Remake, ripoff, or sequel. Yeah, that's one category. Yeah, sorry. I, 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 yeah, <laughs> that's my fault. I, there's a lot of commas. Right. Uh, and and here's a good topper. Worst director, Peyton Reed. Internally, word is that Marvel was actually quite shocked when Ant Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, and Secret Invasion were so maligned, according jo- to Joanna Robinson, the writer of. MCU, the reign of Marvel Studios. Quote, Marvel Studios is aware of what's happening to their brand. My understanding, having talked to some people, is that Quantum Mania really shook them, and I'm sure Secret Invasion shook them further, but Quantum Mania really shook them because they felt like they had something good. Uh, she went on to say, uh, because they all internally thought everyone's gonna love this and then they put it out and people didn't and then they were like oh no our internal barometer is not attuned to what people want anymore and with quantum mania they were like we put out a banger and then that's not how people felt so basically marvel marvel really thought that quantum mania was gonna hit and hit good and then it just didn't so that gives me hope honestly because if internally they are recognizing that they have to write the ship. And we've talked about other stories that seem to be leading that way too. Sure. Like that they're going to go back to like doing a real writer room for, for their shows and they're, they are spreading out their, their stuff and not trying to cram 17 things down our throats every year. I think we're getting one Marvel movie this year. Like I have hope. I think that, I think that this scared the shit out of them and they don't want the, the utter to dry up. They want to keep on sucking that milk. That's true. That's true. They don't want the teat to shrivel. That's no, the worst. No one likes a shriveled teat. Mm-mm. No. Um, episode title. No one likes a shriveled teat. <laughs> um, but no, listen, man, I I agree that it's it's kind of good that this was like a warning sign or, or uh, you know, something however you want to think of it in those terms. But I also kind of maintain my stance from when we reviewed it. And I don't get all the quantum mania. hate. I didn't, I I didn't hate it. I remember having some feedback that like like they're wrong. They're right about Bill Murray. They're right about Bill Murray. It was, it was a dumb thing. It It wasn't needed. It was a dumb shit cameo that nobody wanted and or needed. You know, I, Part of me feels like the only reason he even agreed to do it was so he could say that he was on set uh, with Michael Douglas and Michelle Pfeiffer in, in the same scene, mm. you know, because that seems like a thing that Bill Murray might do. Yeah, girl, yeah, I'll do that. You know, but but for whatever fucking reason, hating on Michael Douglas when he was in the role that he was, I don't think is fair because I think he did what he was supposed to do in that movie. He played it kind of flat and senile. Like I said, he did what he was supposed to do in that movie. <laughs> I like ants. You know, 
He's supposed, I mean, he's supposed to look like the old war horse yeah. who is being kind of, you know, taken on his last adventure, so to speak. Yeah, it was his last hurrah in a way, yeah. So, again, why the hate there? I, I don't see it. You know, I, I mean, you could you could put any Marvel project at this point in the worst prequel, remake, ripoff, sequel car- category if you really fucking had something against it. So to me, it being put there isn't much of anything. I do think Peyton Reed getting slapped with a Razzie worst director is kind of damning, though. Well, I mean, I, I, I'm not saying that I agree, but if you can, if you get put in worst prequel, re- remake, ripoff, or sequel, your director probably should go in the worst director category. Fair, fair, <laughs> fair. Yeah, that no argument there. I'm not saying that I agree with it, but yeah, because you and I, like, I think I think we came up pretty mid on it but we had fun and like it wasn't one of of our highest ranking films i think a lot of people hated modok i really do a lot of people were pissed about i think a lot of people were pissed about that and you and me as i recall were both actually like no modok good that's what modok's supposed to be we thought well we thought it was fun we thought we thought it was fun and and a silly interpretation of modok that gave me a lot of laughs i'm not saying it is like the perfect modok no, no, but I mean, come on, you you couldn't do the perfect comic we, book Modoc. Yeah, we weren't we weren't ever gonna get the real Modoc. I mean, you know, the just uh not happening, you know. Mm-hmm. And I thought uh, Corey, his last name is escaping me, but uh, but the guy who did Modoc, who yeah, was, who was who was uh, also Yellow Jacket. Yeah, I I thought he did a good job with it. I, I yeah, I thought it was a funny way to bring him back. I guess it kind of bugs me that that seems like the movie that uh, that got a lot of people to kind of turn on on the Marvel dime because I don't see it. I, I understand the Secret Invasion hate. I'm not arguing, you know, but all the Quantumania hate. I just don't get it. Yeah, I don't know because I thought it was I thought it was fun. Did I think it was the best thing Marvel's ever done? No. Did I? Does it? Would it fall like? in the lower half of my like list of Marvel movies, probably. Mm. But that doesn't like it wasn't bad. No, bad would be a, would be an unnecessary stretch for that yeah. film as but far it, as I'm concerned. But so many people really fucking hated it. Yeah, and you know it now Secret like Secret Invasion deserves all the the piss and vinegar that it gets. Because that show sucked. I really man, there was a minute where it had me. It had a couple of key moments. Listen, for all the other shit that we got from Secret Invasion, we did also get a couple of pretty awesome scenes with Samuel L. Jackson and Don Cheadle. Like there were there were scenes, yes, but that's it. That's it. it. No, no argument. Yeah, (laughs) that was it. I'm just saying that one. That one of them sitting at the big table, really talking the fucking. We were talking about that the other day. Yeah, that one's the shit. Yeah. That one is the shit. No no argument. But we'll see, man. I, I in a way I, I would have to agree with something that I think you said at the beginning of this part of our bi weekly conversation. There's there's just no way that I'm sorry, I'm having trouble collecting my thought here. There's no way that somebody could put all of this on Quantumania, but at the same time, if they needed a, like, 
shot in the arm to say, hey, maybe you guys are starting to kind of trail off. Mm-hmm. Then maybe it's a good thing that it's getting the hate. This we'll was find out. This was bound to happen, you know. Like, uh, you, you f- at some point we knew that they were going to fly too close to the sun. I feel like there's an elephant in the room here, and I'm just going to go ahead and say it. As soon as Stan passed, the clock was ticking. Mm. Because seriously, seriously, even when a Marvel property was maybe a little less than what people expected, did anyone really hate that hard? When Stan was still around with his smiling face, not as much, <laughs> not as much. And the second that that he left us and it became Feige's show, the clock started ticking. I mean, I mean the movies were always Feige's show. You get what I'm saying, though. Right. Like with, I, think, I, I think that this is a combination of two things. And these are both arguments that have been made plenty of times from plenty of people, but I don't think anyone is really combined them and i think that it is a combination so number one i think that the fan base is now comparing every marvel film to the infinity saga finales and and thinking that every marvel movie should have that level of epic shit going on like endgame style which is impossible we like we have been spoiled by a decade of solid movies that had a grand finale that was amazing and really put a cap on something. And to some people, I think that you're never going to top that. And in, in some ways, I, I understand. Also, Marvel put the pedal to the floor after that when they got Disney Plus and, and were like, we are going to make so much fucking content, your face is going to melt off. And in doing that, they pedal- face melting content. Yeah, exactly. And then now that's an episode. Face title. melting content. There we go. And they they did so much shit so fast that so much of it was lacking either either in the CGI or or like it just got put out too quickly and and uh, rush jobs. There were yeah like there were there were lot there were lots of instances where people were like this got this was rushed and I think that the combination of those things is what is making people start to get real weary of Marvel. And the good thing is it sounds like Marvel is recognizing that. Such is the marketplace, really. You start with a quality product, you produce, you overproduce to meet demand, quality drops, quantity soars. Mm Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And then then either you you flop and it's over, or you... Where you write the ship and you get a resurgence. And you're Disney, so you can't really flop because you have an all-time war chest of money. That's true. That's why they keep making Star Wars stuff. But the Filoni Star Wars stuff is good. The movies weren't good, but the Filoni TV products are extremely good. Yeah. So I think that there is still hope. We were talking about it before the show. I think I like I'm still solidly on board. The only thing from Marvel that I can say that I tr- I personally truly did not like was Secret Invasion. So I'm still on board and I I have high hopes that they will write this ship and that we will be we will get some quality stuff. I'm never not going to be on board. Same. You know. I mean if you you can just call me the captain of the good ship MCU because I'll go down with the motherfucker. I will. Like I I fully intend on it. I <laughs> you know, I I fought through the Snyderverse 
and I stuck by it. There's no way I'm going to leave Marvel behind. <laughs> yeah, I mean, fair. Fair. Because it's... Here... I've I've watched Bloodshot starring Vin Diesel twice. <laughs> Nothing Marvel can do will be worse than that. <laughs> you watched it twice. I watched it once when it came out, and I watched it once for comics and beer. Okay, okay, I gotcha. I gotcha, you poor soul. <laughs> <laughs> it's a piece of shit movie. Fuck you, Vin. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, if you've put up with that, there's... There's little that you won't put up with when it comes to your comic book movie <laughs> exactly. viewing. I mean, we've both seen Morbius, too. So, Oh, God, I forgot. I've seen that twice, too. <laughs> yeah. You really are a fucking glutton for punishment. I don't know what my problem you is. You poor son of a bitch. <laughs> I guess I'm a fucking, there's, yeah, like a, I'm a, a sadist. Of, those are two of the all-time worst comic book movies. Jesus. <laughs> And you've seen them both twice. I've seen them both twice. I love it. I love it. You know what? I'm not going to leave you out in the cold. I've seen the David Ayer Suicide Squad way too many times. Oh, man. <laughs> I, that's pro I think that's a two-timer for me, too. Because a lot of the times it's like, oh, that sucked when we see it in the theaters. And then when it comes out somewhere to stream, I'm like... I'll give that another shake. Yeah, see, that's what it was. When it came out uh, and it was available to stream, I was like, I'm going to watch this again. And that was when I realized, you know, the movie itself is pretty shitty, but there's a good performance or two in it. Sure. And, and then I rewatched it again before we got James Gunn's The Suicide mm -hmm. Squad so I could do proper comparison. Yeah, and, I think know, I did too. And come to the ultimate conclusion that James Gunn, you know, just blew the first one out of the fucking water. Yeah. <laughs> Like, not even close. <laughs> yep. Gonna have to agree. But hey, speaking hell. of James Gunn and DC stuff. Oh, yeah. Good. Nice. Yeah. Ah, sharing the brain. Before the big shakeup at DC Films, there was a J.J. Abrams-produced Superman film written by lauded comic book writer Ta-Nehisi... Ta Ta oh, thank you. I, I knew you would knew that one. <laughs> Ta-Nehisi Coates in the works... Uh, rumor was that it would be a film about one of the black supermen from the multiverse, either Calvin Ellis of Earth Third, or excuse me, Earth Twenty Three, or Val Zod of Earth Two. Since then, many have been wondering if this movie was still in production under the Gun and Saffron regime. When asked on Threads recently, Gun confirmed that the movie was indeed still in the works. No doubt under the previously announced Elseworlds banner, which we've discussed. Yeah. I'm I'm down with this. Tanahisi Coates is a really great writer. And I like I think that this is a good move for DC because I've talked on the various comic book podcasts that I've been on and done that when like when I'm doing the comics that we love, I'm really starting to notice that as far as standalone stories that are like that stand the test of time and you look back on as classics dc way outweighs marvel in that respect with things like kingdom come you know like that kind of stuff oh you mean like you mean specifically classic events yeah well not even events because that's like that is its own thing in the else worlds like okay. when it comes to letting writers go nuts with characters and do whatever they want and then just saying it's not in continuity it's from a different universe dc wins and because of that, they have things like Red Sun, they have things like Kingdom Come, they have things like the Long Halloween, you know, like, they're better at that. 
That and, is and if fair. you start taking those stories and making those movies, I think that's a surefire success. Yes, do I want to see a continuity-led DC universe? Sure. But give me a bunch of cool Elseworlds movie. Give me a fucking Red Sun movie. Give me a Kingdom Come movie. You know? It's a one and done. You totally just made me consider something because you're absolutely right. Over the years, just in general... Marvel creators are not usually given that kind of license. Never. With these characters, but very but few, to, not never. To be fair, when they are, a lot of the time it, it hits. Sure. You know, but it's just not something you see. No. And, and there are other instances where it totally bombed, like when they did the, the 1602 thing. You remember that shit? Oh, I love that shit. Are you crazy? It, it, Neil Gaiman? It didn't hit for everybody, I'll tell you that much. Oh, you know, I liked it. Like, I thought it did really well. I thought it was an interesting concept, and I thought it was well executed, but it it didn't... I, I don't remember it getting a big following. Maybe that's just me. I don't know. I don't know. But I, for, for me, yeah. Like, Marvel, Marvel, to a way lesser extent, does things like that. Like, I remember they did Earth X. That was really cool, but yeah. that was basically like them being like, we could do a Kingdom Come. That's that's exactly what it was. And, and, yeah. and yeah, but... Because I liked Earth X. I, yeah. That's that's one I have I, sitting at home in graphic novel. I still want to do. I'm gonna. I want to do that on the show at some point. Yeah. I really want to do Earth X. I think but that is one. I, I'm gonna have to double check because I remember reading it. I don't know if I own you it. You might have borrowed mine. Oh. Because I, I have it for sure. Okay. But at at any rate, yeah. I I I think that that is a cool move. I would love to. Like I would love to see. I can't remember which one it is. Is it Calvin Ellis or Val Zod that's president? I think that might be Val Zod. I don't recall. Is it like the whole President Superman thing? That whole angle? I know this, though. And it's going to sound kind of trite when I say it. But if you actually are going to have a uh, property starring a black Superman, uh, I would respectfully request that your soundtrack includes Black Superman by Above the Law. I don't know that one. I'll have to check it out after the show. It's a jam, son. Yeah. It's a jam. It's one of those, like, uh, I want to say it's like early 90s. Uh, Above the Law didn't have, like, a lot of hits. That was that was one of their one of their bigger ones. Okay. Now. And I remember, I remember there being rumors that Michael B. Jordan was attached to this movie at one point. That I don't think anyone would argue with, because the idea of him as a black Superman just seems like something it's that would kind of make sense. Yeah. Yeah. Dude's got the build. He's got the he's got the jawline. It's interesting. I I'm in, I'm intrigued to see which one they would go with and what uh, what particular story they might tell uh, featuring either of those characters. But you know, if you're looking to separate yourself from what was, I think I would have to agree with what you were saying about this just being a good extension, something else that you can do that doesn't necessarily have to be in the same little box. Yeah, you're not beholden to continuity or keeping a narrow path of this has to be like the rest of the universe. Yeah, I mean, it works, yeah. it works so well for that Joker movie that they're doing a second one, so, you right? know, be open to the idea. Yep. And the Batman is now Elseworlds. Yeah. Yeah. There is a fourth Jurassic World film currently being developed. Supposedly, it will be the beginning of an entirely new story and not connected to the previous movies starring Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard. 
It's going to be written by original Jurassic Park scribe David Kopp, and of course, it will be executive produced by Spielberg's Amblin Entertainment, because there ain't no way Spielberg is going to let you do that Jurassic World shit without him. Mm-mm, bitch. I think, I think he's like the franchise owner. He need that dino soul money. Yeah, apparently. This is fucking dumb. <laughs> I'm I'm saying how fucking dumb is it? It's super fucking dumb. Does it grind your gears? You know what really grinds my gears? (laughs) It's I just when I saw this I was like why? That was the word that came. I just was immediately like why? You 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 did a second trilogy. It went well. That it's it just ended. Why do we need another fucking trilogy of dinosaur movies? It's just gonna be the same goddamn movies again. Like, and if you're in this world where these characters are from, why would this keep happening? <laughs> like, it's just, I don't know. It's just, it it's stupid. It, th- it irks me. I think that's why it, uh, or why what we found on it went out of its way to say that uh, it would not be connected to the previous films. But it's still going to be, it's, they're, they're gonna, it's going to be in continuity. Like, they're not going to well, start over. Sure. Maybe. I would hate that even more if they rebooted. Oh, no. What if they didn't reboot? But what if they went all the way back to the beginning? Like 65 million years ago? No, no, no. Like the beginning of John Hammond uh, establishing the first Jurassic Park and tell the backstory of like the shit oh. that they encounter before Grant shows up. It's going to be fucking Jurassic Park's version of Fantastic Beasts. I'm not saying it's a good idea. I'm just saying it's an idea. <laughs> I mean, it, tell me that doesn't sound like something Hollywood would fucking. Oh do. yeah, Hollywood's lazy and stupid. You heard me, and <laughs> and yeah, I could totally see them being like, "Hey, if we did this, we'll make money." Prequel. Everybody loves a prequel, and by everybody, I mean no one. Yeah, I was gonna say everybody except everybody. Yeah, but but the truth is, we'll still go and fucking watch them. I mean, maybe. Maybe. There are people that are, like, it says Jurassic on it, they will go and watch it. Yeah. Just like if it says fast something, people will go and watch it. Shout out to Matt Pristo. He'll definitely watch anything Jurassic. Yeah, Matt Pristo fucking dies hard for Jurassic Park. Yeah, I know it. But, yeah, I mean, that story, like, you, you finished the original trilogy. You finished a second trilogy where you managed to intermingle all of the characters from both tri- trilogies together. That was a, I'm not going to say they were great movies, but it was a good send off at least, or it was a decent send off. Uh, I think that at least let the shit lay for a decade or so until kids that saw the second trilogy have their kids. Mm-hmm. And then you can do what we did with the Jurassic world films and take their kids to see it. Yeah. But that's not Hollywood. They're greedy pieces of shit who don't want to do something new and creative. Instead, they just want to keep vomiting up the same things, which is hilarious being someone who just said that they were going to stick with Marvel to the bitter end. (laughs) And I recognize that. (laughs) But hey, listen, man, everybody has to pick their hill to die on, you know? Yeah. That's the thing. Ah, yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. At least with Marvel, like, you've got a fucking thousand characters and a million stories to choose from. With this, it was two two books 
by Michael Crichton. That got stretched into this entire fucking films. thing. Yeah. And, and I think a lot of people would argue that of the six, you know, four of them are, like, really good, and the other two are kind of... Yeah. It, <laughs> I mean, it may even be, like, a three and three. There you go. I mean, depending on who you ask. Yeah. Yep. I don't like it. <laughs> and that's all I have to say about that. All right. That's fair. I mean, I'm, you know... I've been a fan of the Jurassic uh, stuff, but I've never, you know, particularly felt the need to, like, go down swinging one way or the other. So Me neither. I just wanted to bitch about it for a minute. That's fair. That's fair. We all need to bitch sometimes. Sometimes you got to. Exactly. Well, folks, uh, normally at this point we would probably be launching into, like, a watch-along um but I'm not all caught up on Echo, and that would be like our latest watch-along slash review thing. So instead, Zachary is going to enlighten us on what he thought of the first couple of episodes, and then the next time we meet, I will be all caught up, and we will review that shit. Yeah, so I'm only I'm three episodes into Echo. I haven't completed it, and no, that's not because it's bad. I It's just that... On the comics that we love this month, I read 114 issues of comic books and 23 to 26 series because I was doing the New Year's comics spree where I just spent a month trying to catch up on the books that I didn't get to read in 2023. Yeah, the splurge. And uh, it was fun, but it didn't give me a lot of time to watch movies and stuff. I was basically reading in my free time. But it was a good time. But I did start to watch Echo because I was excited for it because I really liked Delacqua Cox and I thought that her character was good in Hawkeye and I was like, let's see what she does here. And I wanted to see where they were going to go with Kingpin, so on and so forth. So this show feels like a Netflix Marvel product. Like, in the better ways. I was going to say, that feels like a mostly good statement. To me, the writing feels better than most of what Marvel has been doing as far as their shows go. Mm. Uh, They are really, really giving her depth and exploring the character and, like, taking her back to, like, her, the character's Native American roots and playing with that while simultaneously continuing the story where they left off with her fucking shooting Kingpin in the eye. And um, and we get a little bit of fill-in on, you know, how she wound up working for Kingpin. And and uh, and we get, again, like I said, back to her roots when she was a, a child. And, and uh, like, we, we get to meet a lot of characters from her past. And, and it's fun because she has become this, like, hardened... Like, hardened kind of, like, badass chick who is now, like, just bent on revenge and and in a lot of ways is becoming the thing that she hates so much because she hates Fisk mm. for what he did. But in a lot of ways, she's starting to sound like him. And, and like, they play with that. And, and by taking her back to her roots and taking her back to her home and being surrounded by her culture... Uh, it feels like they are try like they're trying to give her a bit of a redemption at some point in this show. Like I feel like that's where we're heading. Is that um 
she has been so hell-bent on revenge that she's going to burn everything around her, and it's all stuff that she left behind because she didn't think that they wanted her anymore kind of thing, you know? Mm. And, like, yeah, like, I don't want to give too crazy much away, but, man, the action sequences are kick-ass. Alakwa Cox's performance has been really solid. The ancillary characters around her have all been doing good jobs. Um, don't Don't come into this thinking that this is, like, the daredevil show because so far he's had one cool ass fight scene and, and like that was it. Yeah. So like, it was just, it was just there to remind you that like, because the character echo comes out of the daredevil books. Yeah. And so it was like a nod to that. It's like, Hey, this guy's here. Yeah. 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 And it was cool, you know, but don't come into it thinking like they're doing a team up and he's going to be there the whole time. He's not, um, I never considered it's a Lockwood Cox and Charlie Cox. Oh wow, that is kind of funny, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, but uh, yeah, I I am really enjoying it so far, and like I said, it feels a lot more like it should have come out of like a spinoff from that Daredevil show. Yeah, because of the amount of like the the brutal fight scenes, and they do that style where they keep the camera on you. You know what I mean? It's not a lot of cuts during the fights, um, and also like there's people getting shot, and there's blood, and you know, and it, it they're not. They're not holding back with this show. I didn't feel like so far that they held back with this show. And I'm coming up. I'm, I'm, I started the fourth episode just before you got here. And it looks like we are heading into a hell of a climax for this show now. And I'm excited to see where those last two episodes go because I'm really enjoying it. It is a good action show. Like if you just want a good action series, Echo, is it, it'll do it for you. Sounds very Marvel Netflixy, as you said. Yeah, it's yeah. it's good. I'm really enjoying it, and it's fun because the, they are. I like that they are really playing up the roots of the character. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think that's cool. That's all very good to hear because I've been kind of scared to watch it. Understandably so. See, Secret Invasion was the last Marvel you got to taste, and it was a bitter, bitter pill. Well, as a show, anyway. Well, the, yeah, yeah. The Marvels has come and gone since then. Oh, yeah, that was in, but was that? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that yeah that came after Secret Invasion. But as far as the shows go, yeah, yeah. Well, we will we like the Marvels. That's right. Yeah that that one was okay. It was you know wasn't like knocking my door down greatness, but it was good. It was good. Yeah. Better than it got credit for. That was that was another one that just made us feel like, man, why are people getting so hatery about this one? I but, believe that was one of our right home messages when we critiqued it was, or when we, you know, did a review was, this is getting more hate than it deserves. Yeah. For dumb reasons, probably. And I feel like, you know, feel like a lot of comic book movies in general have been victim to that lately just because the genre has become so predominant that, you know, people war against it just for the sake of it. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of feels like uh it feels like with the DC universe coming to an end, now people are like, "Oh, it was fun hating that." Hey, this this isn't what we thought it would be. <laughs> Let's hate this instead. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking haters. <sighs> I mean, I know you need them. Haters make the world go round, but in a bad way, mostly. Yeah, but still, you need them. You need them. 
I guess. If motherfuckers didn't hate on each other, then what would make uh, motherfucker A want to do uh, something to prove motherfucker B wrong? Okay. Your motherfucker theory is is sound. <laughs> well, if you but, if you prefer subject A and subject B, we could do it that way and be a little more clinical. No, but you know, I prefer Chad clinical. <laughs> As you can see, motherfucker A <laughs> has told motherfucker B, if you fuck around and find out, <laughs> well, let's see what motherfucker A does. <laughs> Ooh, it would appear that motherfucker A is not taking motherfucker B's shit today. <laughs> that seems like a class I could teach. Yeah. Motherfucker ethics. Motherfucker ethics. <laughs> the chatterific method. There we go. Anyway, yeah, so we'll be back to actually do a full review of Echo in two weeks once Chad's had the chance to watch it and... I've had the chance to finish it. Yeah, you've at least made me uh, look a little more forward to it and feel uh, a little a little less scared about it. I like it. I like it. Right on. Here's hoping it's one of the ones that uh, that we'll get to be feeling good about. Because as you said, they're tapering it back and we won't have quite as mm-hmm. much Marvel content slapping us in the face. Now, I will say this. Uh, go into it remembering that she is deaf. And so a lot, like, you will have to pay attention more. Like, make like this is not a show that you can sit and, like, play on your phone and just look up when stuff's interesting. Uh, like, because a lot of the conversations are through sign language. And, yeah. some, like, and some characters talk while they're doing the sign languages, and some don't. Yeah. You know, so you, you got to be paying attention if you want to see, the, if you want to know what the dialogue is. Makes sense. Yeah. Makes sense. And that... Uh, that's another reason that I think uh, would be a good reason to want to check out a show like this because it is kind of seeing a world that we're already familiar with, but through the eyes of a very differently abled individual as far as how they perceive things. Mm-hmm. And they play with that a little bit. Like there'll be moments where you don't hear anything and, and you're like kind of from her point perspective. And then suddenly the sound will come back and you'll hear all the characters talking and stuff. And there was, can I tell, can I spoil one neat thing that she does? Sure. So there's a, there's a scene where she's trying to like catch the bad guys off guard. And the way that she does it is they're in like a skating rink and she fucking blasts the stereo system and is playing Dragula by by White or by uh, Rob Zombie and she like blasts it at full blast because th- it fucks them up because it's so loud but it doesn't bother her Cause, and then yeah. she starts whooping their asses yeah so I thought that was neat yeah that's pretty cool yeah that's pretty cool that's that's like the uh, that's like the uh, the blind warrior trick where you know you uh float or throw like the the bright light into the room yeah and, and then they're all like oh what the fuck or you and, cut the and, lights completely and it doesn't bother you yeah. yeah or it lights out yeah same same concept those, those are cool uh little tricks uh, mm-hmm. when you're talking about those kind of movies yeah or, yep. or shows in this case yeah it's it's fun i'm i am enjoying echo and alakwa cox is great i'm very happy to hear both of those things truly looking forward to it do you want a grain of salt or do you want to call it a day? Uh, you got a grain of salt? 
I mean, I I've got some. I I keep some Ooh, ready to go. Just I in can case. totally yes. I've got a grain of salt. All right, well, good because you're the Heena. And so. and since you supply me with with uh, Max, this one's for you. Oh, right on. And this might be one that I think to you and Amber. I think this is one for you and Amber to watch together. Okay. There is a documentary series on there called "The Curious Case of Natalia Grace." Have you heard of it? No. Holy shit. This show is bonkers. So, it is the story of this family, this kind of well-to-do family in Indiana, who adopt a Ukrainian girl who is uh, who has dwarfism, and it's like a very specific kind of dwarfism that I can't think of, but it causes like her feet to kind of be on their sides and kind of clubbed, and she's got to have a bunch of surgeries and that kind of stuff. Okay, and uh, they adopt this girl. And it's a very quick adoption and and they very quickly start to figure out like that something is off with this girl and like they allege that at like there were times where they would she would be standing at the end of their bed at night holding a knife and that she tried to poison the mom once or that she like took some of her the her brother's toys and purposely would drop them out in the road so that the kid would have to run out in the street to get them Holy shit! again all alleged like because it's one of those things where you don't know you don't yeah. know what the truth is but it basically sounded like you remember that movie orphan from like wait like back in the early to, late 2000s yeah it sounds exactly like that hey guess what orphan came out right around the time this happened supposedly oh wow <laughs> just throwing that out there but uh yeah, so this little Ukrainian girl, she's like six years old when they get her or something like that, and then they start to think that like this girl is older than she is putting on that she is, which would be easy to pull off if you had dwarfism. And and they are convinced that she is like twenty two years old and is pretending to be uh, like a child, and so they like go out of their way to try and get her aged up, and. And um, they throw they, they throw her in a in an apartment by herself, you know. And all this is what I'm gonna say. This show has so many twists and turns with this story because at first you're like, oh god, like run, like <laughs> there's you know this like this girl must be crazy. Oh my god, she's 22, really? Yeah, you know. But then as it goes on, you know, you're like. Did they just decide they didn't want this kid and they had to find a way to get rid of her because they didn't want to, like, ruin their image in the public eye? Wow. And, like, you know, what really is happening here? And, man, like, as the as the first season goes on, those questions get crazier and crazier. And, like, the stuff that happens is just infuriating and mind-boggling at times. And And you never really get a full picture or, like, you never fully know. And then there is a second season. And in the second season, Natalia is on it and she speaks and she gets to tell her side of things and like from her perspective, what happened to her. And you start to find out more about her background and like they find her her birth mother and things like that. And it starts to paint a really interesting picture about what really may have been happening in this in this household. Wow. It's fucking nuts. And they're going to be doing more apparently because uh, there's like some stuff that happens towards the end of the second season that blew my mind again. 
and was wow. like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. You know, <laughs> like, how can this keep like what is going on? And again, this is real. This is a documentary. It's a docuseries. And holy, I'm, I'm telling you, dude, the, the curious case of Natalia Grace is some bonkers shit. That definitely sounds like one I'm going to have to look into. Yeah, that's that's some pretty wild shit right yeah. there. I think that, like like I said, that, I think that would be a good you and Amber watch time. I'll have to see if I can talk her into it. That sounds like that might be a little freaky for her. But here's the weird thing. Sometimes when stuff like that is more reality-based, then she's more into it. It's the it's the fantasy based scary oh, stuff. Oh, if it's that fictional, she like as much, yeah. You know, well, it's not scary. It's just crazy. Yeah, you know that does. I I like a good uh, mystery. So yeah, whenever whenever you're dealing with something like that, that does sound like one that I'm gonna have to look at. You said it's on Max. Yep. All right. All right. I'm gonna be looking into that then. Well. I've got a couple of ideas here for what I could use for my grain of salt. I think I'm going to go with a movie since you went with a docuseries. Do it. This movie you could actually find on Peacock. I don't feel like I get to do a lot of Peacock recommendations. so mm, That's because it sucks. <laughs> um, no. <laughs> really? Peacock is good? Okay, um... I get why you think it suck or sucks. And don't get me wrong, if you had tried the service out when it first started up, as with a lot of streaming services, yeah, it wasn't great. Mm -hmm. But now they are well into the streaming game. So, you know, uh, as the IP licenses shift, they now get to take their turn at things. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. And but, they do have WWE. And that is the other thing, is they have a very good WWE selection as far as back catalog. I've been watching the hell out of the Elimination Chamber pay-per-views. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, those are good. Uh, but uh, what I'm recommending uh, is actually Five Nights at Freddy's, the movie. Oh, I saw that. I was pleasantly surprised at how well they were able to adapt something like that for someone like myself who has had minimal interaction with the video games. Yeah. And really, it's not, you know, a franchise that is, like, high on my list. However, it is very high on my son's list. Yeah. Oh, yes. Like, I'm curious what he thought of it. And this was, like, the first time that I was really able to take him to a movie theater to see something even vaguely like thrillerish slash horror, you know, whatever yeah. you want to call it. Wait, I thought you said you watched it on Peacock. No, that's where you can you can watch it on oh, Peacock. Oh, okay. It's, Sorry, but 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 Devin and I went to see it in the theater back when it came out. Nice. I just haven't mentioned it as a grain of salt until now. Um, but uh, but yeah, man, I uh, I really thought that not only did they do a good job adapting it. Uh, for people who weren't really as familiar with the series. But they also put it in a good spot, I thought, where both adults and uh, kids or young adults who are mostly the ones playing these games were were able to kind of be on the same level and, and both enjoy the same property. Mm -hmm. And it really delivered for both me and my son. Like, you know... I'm I'm not uh, giving it ten pudding pops, but 
if I were rating it, I'd say it's at least a, an eight or, or an 8.5 pudding pops. Mm. I thought it was really good. And, and he thought pretty much the same. Matthew Lillard is involved, which is always fun. Love if you're, Matt Lillard. If you're a Matthew Lillard fan and we both are. Um, and honestly, I thought that, uh, Hutch, the, the guy who played our main character, I cannot, I, I always forget. Josh, Josh Hutchinson. Josh Hutchinson. Yeah. Hutchinson, yeah. He he impressed me yet again. I haven't really seen him in too much that I haven't liked. Same. And and I thought he was good as the lead role here. Did you ever see Future Man on Hulu? I saw I saw a couple episodes. I didn't watch the entire thing, but yeah, that's another good he was, one. He was fun on that. Yeah. 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 He He's one of those dudes that I genuinely hope gets more work down the line because I think he has delivered in a number of different vehicles and uh, and I really would like to see him get some more opportunities. Wolverine. That's the, I've pitched that before. Have you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And and yes, a, a hundred times yes. I because the stature uh, yeah. that that he is is perfect for Wolverine. Mm-hmm. And I think it would give him a chance to play something a little different than than what we've seen him do. Because yes. one of the things that most of his roles that I've seen have in common is that they are a little more reserved. They're a little more contained. Mm-hmm. I think it could be really cool to see him as Rage Monster Wolverine. It'd be very different. I completely agree. Yeah. I don't think I've seen him in anything at all like that. I think it would be excellent. But yeah, he... His performance in Five Nights at Freddy's, for me, showed that he has uh, an extra layer or two that I hadn't seen in other performances for him yet. And he really is the one who drives the film. Like, don't get me wrong, his his little sister, very important. And, you know, uh, a lot of the uh, Five Nights at Freddy's animatronic characters, they are very important as well. Uh, but he's the one making the whole thing go, you know? Yeah. And like I don't know anything about the lore at all, or and if they pulled what the story for that movie was from the lore, but I thought that what they did with it was fun and interesting because when that when that was announced, I was like, "How do you make that a movie? Like, what are you gonna do with it?" And I thought the story was pretty good. Now again, I'm not quite the expert on the lore that my son is, but from everything he told me, they stuck to some things pretty well. And in fact, I didn't realize this. But the one scene right in the like near the beginning where everything starts turning a little bit ugly, where the guys break in and yeah. and try to destroy the place and get fucked up by the FNAF characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I first saw that scene, uh, I I was looking at my son because since you saw it, you know what I'm talking about. That is one of the more gorier parts yeah. of the film. Uh, so I was looking at him, kind of trying to gauge his reaction. And don't get me wrong, he reacted, but he didn't overreact. And I found out afterwards is because that scene is pretty much pulled directly from the one game. Oh, okay. And he he knew what to expect there more than I did. Ah, so he saw it coming. Yeah, yeah, at least at least more than I did anyway. Yeah. But yeah, man, the Five Nights at Freddy's movie is, is one that I think uh, people could enjoy, whether they are a fan of the franchise or not. And and I also think uh, if you've got a uh, young person uh, who you like to watch uh, movies and stuff with, who maybe they haven't had a chance to be 
um, exposed to that kind of entertainment yet, it could be a really good uh, like lead-in for that kind of genre because it, it definitely worked for my son, and he's a big fan of that franchise. Cool, cool. Right on. Shall we spiel? We shall spiel, good Zachary. First things first, hit us up on Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star review, couple it with a user review, and get a shout-out from the TFD. Head on over to Facebook and like us there, and everything we do will come to your news feed. You could also hit us up on X, formerly known as Twitter, uh, at TFD Nerdcast, at Z underscore Irish underscore Red, and at One Angry Fat Dude. All of those handles are also available on Instagram if that's more your jam. You can also find Zach's other podcasting efforts over there at the comics that we love. Yes. Hey, if you don't want to download the podcast, you could just stream that bitch on places like Spotify or Deezer or Ghana. I'm probably going to stop listing all of them because they all just keep dying they keep folding up i know you were right about google podcast by the way it is it is closing up it's Mm -hmm. google podcast well because google owns youtube and now i'm sure you got the letter from what i've heard the letter says hey google podcast is going away but you could go over to youtube music and keep Mm -hmm. listening to your podcasts yeah yeah sorry i ain't paying YouTube music. <laughs> I ain't doing it. I ain't paying for YouTube goddamn TV either. No. Unless they make the deal a whole lot fucking better. I ain't paying for it even if they do. <laughs> Anywho, so yeah, so there's we're very accessible. We stream everywhere. If you want to tell somebody about the show, we're probably on whatever podcatcher they use. That's probably true. And now I lost my place. Um What's a what's a website for them, Chad, to oh, go to? Go. Yeah, that would be twofatdudes.podomatic.com where the fat first grew. Because if you can't find us anywhere else, you can definitely find us there where the clicks matter. That's right. And last but not least, for the mousy little fucks in the audience, you don't like social media, you don't like people seeing what you have to say, but you do want to reach out to the TFD, to the two fat dudes, you can do so privately at our very public email address, which, of course is two fat dudes at hotmail.com chad how do they spell that t-o-o f-a-t d-u-d-e-z clap if you love zachary <laughs> <laughs>